Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder of Charya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Om Today we're going to talk about being respectful to others. Krishna, God, he sends people into our lives. There are people who are anointed to open doors for us, people to create opportunities, people who are linked to our divine destiny, our walk with God. It might be someone who introduces us to someone else, someone who puts in a good word for us, gives us a good piece of advice, demonstrates a superior character trait. Krishna sends the needed people across our path. They intersect with us not by accident. They are orchestrated to come across our path. Those gatekeepers may not be the people that you would most expect. We might expect that divine connection to be the boss, but it turns out to be the intern who's only been in the office for a few days. We might expect that connection to be the friend as he knows all the movers and shakers, but our gatekeeper, in fact, might be the lady at the grocery store. We might expect that gatekeeper to be the head coach, but instead we end up getting a word of wisdom from the bat boy instead. Many times our divine connections are disguised. And it's important to go through life not being too busy to recognize those people. They may have an idea that will thrust you forward. They may be able to introduce you to someone who's going to open a door. They may not be any of the above, but you're being tested to see how you treat people that you don't think can do anything for you. And if you pass the test, treat everyone with respect, then there will be gatekeepers in your future. But if you don't pass the test, what does that mean? It means that you're probably manipulative, calculating. Who's my friend? Who's my enemy? Who's going to promote my selfish interests? Who's going to obstruct my selfish interest? I'm not sure about this person, so right now they're a neutral party until such time as I can categorize them. On this account, your own gatekeepers are being withheld from your future. Consequently, you're not going to achieve everything that God had intended for you to achieve. What's the bottom line? If you'll treat everyone as a gatekeeper to your destiny, then at least one of them will be. Many times, as I said, they're disguised. It may not be at all obvious at first how they can do us any good. But we have to pass the test of being good to all God's creatures before we can recognize our own gatekeepers. One key is not to be too busy for the people who are supposedly underneath you. Don't deny them the time of day. Treat everyone with respect and honor. They are brought across your path for a reason. If you look at the lives of Lord Jesus Christ, you look at the life of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, some of their most defining moments came when they were interrupted. They were unscheduled interruptions. They were going from point A to B. They were scheduled to be at point B at a certain time. They were accosted by someone unplannedly on the way, and generally that someone was someone who was in a lower social stratus than they were. 
and how they responded to those interruptions created some of the most instructional moments in all of spiritual history. Don't think of people as being underneath you because you never know who Krishna or God's going to use. Don't deny people the time of day. Treat everyone with respect and honor. There's a quintessential point in the Bhagavad Gita. Try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master. Inquire from him submissively and render service. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. I met my own divine connection in an unexpected place. I had originally gone to India in 1969 looking for a guru, spiritually advanced person, a saintly person. Spent about two months there and was unsuccessful. Ran out of money, so I went to Thailand, and then I spent a month in Bali, Indonesia, and I came to Australia with the most mercenary reasons. The only reason I went to Australia was to earn money. After earning money for six months or so in Australia, then I thought I could go to somewhere really interesting, like back to India or Mauritius, and live on that money for, say, up to two years at a time. You can imagine my shock and surprise. One evening I was coming home from work on a construction site, being spewed out of the subway, downtown Sydney, George Street, Winyard Station, and a flash of color caught my eye. And I turned, and I saw this American dressed in a dhoti, and a korta with this mark on his forehead. I was immediately impressed. Is this India or Australia or what? But he was obviously a practitioner of Indian spirituality. And I thought, here's someone I could learn from. I didn't immediately recognize him as a divine connection, but I was attracted. So it happened he himself had just arrived in Australia with another devotee a month before. They had been sent by our guru as missionaries to open up the Hare Krishna movement in Australia. We went to the temple over two or three times a week, especially on Sundays for those great vegetarian feasts. Six months went by, we'd earned the amount of money that we originally intended. We said goodbye, we stuck out our thumbs, by Bobby and I, and we were headed to Perth, from which we'd catch a boat to Mauritius. So after about two days out, we ended up somewhere in Western Australia in a little mining town. We went into a restaurant for lunch. We'd become vegetarians by then. So we asked this 50-year-old gum-chewing waitress, do you have any vegetarian options? About five or six minutes later, after she picked herself back up a floor and stopped laughing, she said, no. <laughs> I said, well, could we get the mashed potatoes and the mint jelly without the lamb? She said again, no. She gave us the mashed potatoes, the mint jelly, and the lamb. We were sliding the lamb off of the plates onto a third plate. We looked at each other across the table and we just had a, a moment. We had the same thought at the same time. Let's go back to the temple and get more association with the devotees. We've been traveling for several years. The visas on my passport would stretch out about three feet accordion-like style. And frankly, I was tired of skimming the surface of things. I wanted to go deep into the inner landscape of the soul. I wanted to know who I was. And I thought that Upendra, whose picture is in the upper right-hand corner there, would be an ideal person as my guide. He was a beautiful kirtan singer. He was a very eloquent and articulate speaker, but perhaps most importantly, he was a really good cook. 
people ask me, what brought you to Krishna consciousness? I said, philosophy of food, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> so we went back and Upendra, who had actually been Prabhupada's personal servant, been tied at the hip with Prabhupada for one year, cooked for him, did his laundry, everything. We would stay up late at night and he would tell us stories of Prabhupada. He was a gatekeeper and he introduced us to our eternal spiritual master, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Ultimately, promotion comes from God. Lots of times the influential people that we're playing up to are not going to be our gatekeepers. Often the gatekeepers are those who we would least expect. Because promotion doesn't come from people. Promotion comes from God. And the people that God sends, he plays a flute. He wears a peacock feather in his hair. He has a twinkle in his mischievous eyes. The people that God sends are not necessarily going to be the people that you would expect. Respecting people. We have to respect people because they're parts and parcels of God. Because they come from the same divine father that we come from. We should look at people, not what they can do for us, but we should think and be on the lookout always. How can I help people? How can I make a deposit in somebody else's life? The seeds that I plant today, I will reap those fruits in the future. What goes around comes around. It is actually ultimately selfish to be kind, considerate, respectful, and to do good to others. It is the most selfish thing you can do because all of that will come back many times over. Miss Thompson taught Tommy Stoddard in the fourth grade. He was a slow, unkempt student, a loner, shunned by his other classmates. The previous year, his mother had died, and what little motivation he had for school was now gone. Mrs. Thompson along with his classmates, didn't particularly care for Tommy. But at Christmas time, Tommy brought Mrs. Stoddard a small present. The other students lined up to give her well-wrapped, expensive presents. Tommy's came in a brown paper sack. And when she opened it, there was a gaudy rhinestone bracelet with half the stones missing and a bottle of cheap perfume. The other children began to snicker and chortle. But Miss Thompson saw the importance of the moment, so she quickly splashed on some perfume, put on the bracelet, pretending that Tommy had given her something special. And at the end of the day, Tommy worked up enough courage to come up and say, Miss Thompson, you smell just like my mother, and her bracelet looks real pretty on you. I'm glad you like my presence. After Teddy left, Miss Thompson got down on her knees and prayed for God's forgiveness for categorizing him and judging him. She prayed to God to use her not only to teach these children, but to love them as well. After that, she experienced a change in her own attitude towards her career. She went out of her way to help lonely students like Tommy. By the end of the year, he had caught up with most of the students. He went on and Mrs. Thompson didn't hear from him for a long time. After a while, she received this note. Dear Miss Thompson, I wanted you to be the first to know I'll be graduating second in my class. Love, Tommy. That was it. Four years later, she got another note. 
Dear Miss Thompson, they just told me I will be graduating first in my class. I wanted you to be first to know. The university has not been easy, but I liked it. Love, Tommy. Four years later, another letter. Dear Miss Thompson, as of today, I am Tommy Stoddard, MD. How about that? I wanted you to be the first to know. I'm getting married also next month. I want you to come and sit where my mother would have sat if she were alive today. You are the only family I have now. Dad died last year. Love, Tommy. Spiritual maturity means not just to be nice to the cheerleader, not just to be nice to the boss, not just to be nice to the homecoming queen and the captain of the football team. The real test is how we treat people who we don't think can help us. If we want to meet our true gatekeepers, make our divine connections, we need to learn to be respectful to everyone. So I was in Los Angeles Temple during the 80s, and I noticed that people were arriving for the Sunday feast, and nobody was really greeting them. Nobody was really making them welcome. It wasn't my job. I had other duties, and I had plenty of them. Last thing I needed was to appoint myself as official greeter, but I did not like the fact that people were not welcome. The Sunday feast would start at 5, so 4.30 I would stand on those steps, and I would just smile and greet people and make them feel at home. There was a person in charge of membership. It was an official department of the temple. Well, after about three months, this fellow who was in charge of membership, his name was Naviyovanam, he told me, he said, I quit, and you're in charge, Chiru. He said, what are you talking about? You're quitting, I'm in charge. I've got this duty, I've got this duty, I'm doing the Festival of India, I'm doing college preaching. I don't need to be life membership director. And he said, every person that comes asks for you. Every time the phone rings, they ask for you. But whether you like it or not, you are the life membership director. Along with my other duties, I served as life membership director for 10 years just because I wanted to respect people. I recognize that Christians are in the heart. People have so many options. They don't come to the temple by accident. Krishna directs them from within the heart to come to the temple on a particular Sunday. And even if you only come once and you never come again, I believe that Krishna brought you to hear that particular message. And the interesting thing was, we were raising funds to build this temple in Spanish Fork. We got more donations from my friends in Los Angeles than we did from Utah. To this day, almost 50 years later, we still get donations and I still have those members, mostly from the Indian community, who visit us here. They're on vacation in Deer Valley or Park City and they all come with their kids and their grandkids. What you give, what you get. What goes around, comes around. Now I wonder how often we miss our divine connection because we're categorizing people into friends, enemies, and neutral parties. Well, God doesn't do that. God's ways are different. We should be nice and respectful to everyone, not only because they're God's children, but in addition, the people that come into your life are sent by God and generally speaking, linked to our destiny. Here's a story from the Mahabharata, the greater epic of India. Hanuman and Bhima were brothers. The father of both of them was Bayu, the god of the wind, and they had different mothers. Hanuman's mother was from the 
monkey race and Bhima's mother was from the human race. So one day, when the Pandavas were in exile in the Himalayan mountains, Draupadi wanted a certain flower. Bhima said, I'll get you that flower. And Draupadi said, I don't think you can get this flower because it, it grows only on a mountain called the Gandamandana mountain. And that mountain is prohibited for human beings. Any human being that sets foot on that mountain dies. The demigods will kill them, strike them down. So no human being has ever set foot on that mountain before. So I don't think you should try for this. Bhima said, I'll fight anybody. I'll get you that flower no matter what. And so he goes stomping through the forest, shouting and slapping his chest and blowing his cloud shell and making a huge racket on his way to the Gandamana mountain, which no human being has ever set foot on. And he comes across, of all things, this old monk lying on the side of the footpath with his tail across the road. Now, in our culture, you never step over anyone's arm or leg because God, as the super soul, call him Holy Ghost or whatever, pervades everybody. So everybody's like a temple. Bhima didn't want to step over the old monkey's tail. And he spoke very disrespectfully to this monk. I'm on a very important mission. I've got to fight the demigods and get a flower for my queen Draupadi. And you're in the way. Get your butt out of the way. The monkey said, Oh, I'm so sorry that I'm obstructing your way. <laughs> if you need to get past and you don't want to step over my tail, you just please lift my tail and throw it one side. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I'm very sick. I'm very weak. Please just do me this one favor. Move my tail and then you can be on your way. Beesman says, all right. Did I tell you he has the strength of 10,000 elephants? Did I mention that? And he's like... <laughs> He gets a little more serious about it. He plants his feet. As hard as he tries, he cannot budge the tail of this monkey. He's starting to get the idea here. This monkey is more than what he seems to be. And indeed, at that moment, the monkey reveals himself to be none other than his long-lost brother, Hanuman, who himself is an immortal, a demigod. From being in the form of an old monkey, all crunched up, he gets very big and his head touches the clouds and shows his strength and everything. I am your long lost brother. And he said, I want to do good to you. Even though you weren't treating me with respect, I nevertheless want to respect you. That when you and your brothers come out of exile, there'll be a great war. Your enemies will refuse to give your kingdom back and you will face each other on the Kurukshetra battlefield. At that time, I will sit on the flag of Harduna's chariot. And whenever the battle gets critical, I'm going to emit such thunderous, fearful roars that your enemy will lose heart and you will gain the advantage. This was the interchange between Bhima and Hanuman. Our destiny is not solely just between ourselves and God, but it is tied inexorably and all importantly to the people who come across your path. God is much more likely to work through the least likely person than he is to intervene on his own behalf. And you have to realize that every person, especially considering that God is a mischievous trickster, you have to consider that every person who comes across your path could be that gatekeeper. And when you make people feel loved, when you respect them, when you appreciate them, Know for a certain you've planted seeds which result in you being loved 
you being respected, and you be appreciated, your future self. When you're good to people, you're investing in your own future. Every good deed you do, every time you go out of your way to make someone feel special, Krishna or God notes it, and he will make sure that when you need him, when you need a boost, when you need a kind word, someone will be there for you. And remember, gatekeepers may not look like you'd anticipate. Therefore, treat everybody with respect, not just the people you think are important. And when you're faithful with the small, then Krishna will make you ruler over much. In the coming days, can I tell you, people are going to come across your path who hold the key to favor, increase. Do not overlook them. Go out this week and be good to the people in your life. Treat everyone like a gatekeeper to your destiny. If you do this, I predict that Krishna or God will open the right doors, bring the right people. You'll come into favor, promotion, increase. I believe you'll become everything that God has created you to be in this life and in the next life, you'll go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good to you, join me in raising your hands and let's all say it together. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you. You're invited to stand. We're going to have a short ceremony where Jai Krishna is going to begin lead chanting. And you're, you're welcome to come up front so we're not all by ourselves up here. We have some company. Thank you.